0: What we do here is go back, 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 back,
1: back. We're used to 16 penalties for 1,600 yards. It's like 1,600 yards. <laughs> <laughs> every, every
0: penalty is a 100-yard penalty. Yeah, because it's, it's pass
1: interference in the end zone. <laughs> and they're from the one other one-yard line. Only one yeah. Line there. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. yeah. I killed, killed us last year. Yeah. Absolutely just, killed us. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. We are through the first preseason game, coming up on the next one. A lot of stuff going on. Hard Knocks just started. Football is officially back. Andrew, how are you? Uh,
0: I'm wonderful. I'm just dandy, my friend. Football's back. We now have preseason football, which is great because it's football. I think we talked about this for about like seven minutes last week, just saying we're just happy football's back. And we just kept saying football. So yes, I'm excited. It's a, it's a great time to just get iron sharpens iron, you know, one rep at a time. Every, uh, every little anecdote from training camp, you know, interviews is, is basically that. So we're just happy the guys are out here competing, making everyone else better. We're just happy. We're just excited as a podcast to finally start hitting other people that aren't on the podcast, you know, different podcasts being able to square up against them and get into the regular season and preseason. So as a podcast, we're excited that football's here. We can stop going against each other. We start, you know, bruising up some other podcasts out there. I believe that's the same thing. So I'm I'm pumped, man. How are
1: you? I'm good. Yeah, doing good. It really kind of hit me that football was back last night. Not for the first time, but we were down in Chico at Xfinity trying to get our internet figured out and set up and there's just a preseason game on the tv in the in the waiting room so i was like oh check it out football game i can sit here and watch this while while we wait for someone to figure out our bullshit internet situation but yeah it just kind of was like oh yeah that's right football's here and it's here for a while now so it's great yeah it is and it's um
0: as a husband, you know, just like you are, it's 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 a careful balance that you try to, to show as far as excitement level, because you don't want to be just so fired up and just playing your cards too early because it is preseason, you know, then you get exposed. So it's a thing where inside you're just jumping up and down because football's back, you know. But then on the outside, you got to be like, yeah, you know, there's a game on. And then, you know, your wife's like, oh. I didn't know football was starting Oh, I didn't either. Just kind of snuck up on us. I guess we'll watch, you know, Patriots second string offense against the, you know, Giants third string D. It's just on. Might as well just flick it on, you know, no biggie. So there's a careful balance because, you know, when it comes down to it, you got to be able to get ready to rock um, week one. And then what they don't realize for some reason, even though it's been years, not they as in like, you know, your wife necessarily, but Allie just gets surprised every year that this, this thing rolls through basically February,
1: you know, <laughs> and that's a long time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> That's a long time. That's the other thing that sneaks up on you is the length in which Yeah. next year it'll be over. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and it's like, you know, just being honest. Uh, well, I guess I can share. So, you know, Ali is pregnant again. So um, two-time confirmed sex haver um, on this podcast. Thank you. And, uh, you know, our, our due date is January 3rd, right? And so... She's like, man, January's coming up. It's crazy. And then I'm just thinking, I'm like, be, that's, that's playoff time. You know, we're, we're getting close to, I think, I believe the the our schedule runs into right around there. I think we're playing the Niners on uh, New Year's Day, actually. So I'm just like, it's going to be crunch time. Maybe that baby is going to be coming in when, when we need it the most. You know, when we need her to just bring the vibes, bring the
1: playoff run. A little back end
0: season rally. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? It's like, hey, listen, baby, if you're going to if you're going to come into this world, we need to chase playoff birth, you know? So are you going to be ready for the divisional round if we make it? You know, it's like those things that we need to consider. I don't speak those um, outwardly to her, but, you know, if she listens, she'll understand the expectation when it comes in. So
1: imagine, imagine your baby coming into this world and forever just never knowing what a mediocre Raider football team is like.
0: Yeah, well, so I, I, we'll get to the content for a second, but there's there's kind of this weird, uh, not a jinx, right? But when our first baby, which is a fur baby, Max, Max came into the picture, Raiders were Raiders were four and two, five and two, um, playing on the road, uh, Sunday night football against uh, the Washington Commanders, previously football team, previously Redskins, and the Raiders just had it, just a treacherous stretch right after we brought Max home. So that was unfortunate. Now, Avery comes into the picture, our first human baby, she's our daughter. And, you know, the first year that she was around fine year, second year Raiders make the playoffs. So this baby's coming in, maybe we make a run, who knows, right? I don't think it's all up to me and, or my family here, but the only correlation is really what you have. Yeah, No pressure to, to, to deal with No pressure So a lot of expectations Football's back And who knows Maybe this baby Will be born to a, To the world Where the Raiders Aren't the Raiders And that would be A wonderful world To live in For her I would imagine
1: Oh what a wonderful world That would be <laughs> Exactly
0: That's what I'll sing to her Unless we're like Five and Eleven With another game to play Still figuring out The numbers here um, <laughs> But Anyways um, Yeah I'm excited, man. Let's get to it. Uh, I believe you had a few, few topics to to run through. Um, Raiders played in the Hall of Fame game last week. We'll get to that, but I think you had some few nuggets here that you wanted to roll through.
1: Yeah. So the first one is just uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on something that was circulating in the worldwide web um, as of recently, and it's just another one of those things that is like zero reason for us to live in the past, but yet. Here it is. Here it is jumping up. And it's a quote. It's a quote from a gentleman that we um, had previous relations with in regards to the Raiders. I'll let you figure that out as I read this. All right. Quote from said gentleman. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at the UPS driver and it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch a game afterwards, but I can't imagine what it was like for you all to see somebody like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. End quote.
0: (laughs) Um, did Jesus perform at Red Rocks? I was I was pretty interested in that part. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know necessarily what to say here. It's, I think when you get so far, I mean, really down this this path of where Antonio Brown is, it's like this is just your only move, you know. Because if he just just started to apologize about all of his wrongdoings and you know I went to rehab, I, I I've been talking to someone, I'm a new changed man. Maybe I met Jesus, you know, found Jesus. That could be something, you know, but that's not – he's not that guy, pal, you know. Um, so instead, he is, you know, without a team. He quit on his last team, like you mentioned, throwing up deuces for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, he's just like I, – I just – my regret is not being able to watch me play like you guys did. You're welcome. It's an interesting move, certainly, and one that I'm not surprised of. And it's, I don't know, he's the most interesting man in a lot of different ways. But uh, I I, I don't know. When I saw that and, you you know, you mentioned you're going to talk about it, I was just like, sweet, dude, good for you. Like, like, holy Toledo!" Like, I don't know how someone can be so just, you're just missing it, you know? You're just kind of missing it, dude. But that's his thing. That's his shtick. You know, who knows? Maybe the Texans will need someone else besides Brandon Cooks to, to catch and passes like week 12. Maybe that's what he's working towards. I'm not sure, but it was pretty fascinating quote.
1: What about you? Outside of just thinking, Holy shit. I can't believe he said that live to the public. Just kind of like you said, I mean, if anyone needs a pure definition of lack of self-awareness, Antonio Brown is it. It's insane. And I, and I do think that it's, it is at a point where he's just, Like, there's no going back. You're just dying on this hill. And anytime something happens that backfires in your face, you just double down no matter what. So, I don't know. He's been a character ever since, you know, he forced his way out of Pittsburgh. And we went and swooped him up. So, But, you know, we're on to bigger and better things. You're just, you know, we're just watching. We're watching the ex just make a fool. Uh, of themselves, and just you know, continue to wind up drunk in the bushes somewhere, or uh, you know, do something stupid, and you're just like not going to say anything, not going to yeah. do anything. You know, you're living your life. Best to yeah. you.
0: Yeah, and and it's just like I don't know. I, I haven't followed him that much, but everything post dealers obviously coming to the Raiders, was was something that I tuned into, and then after that, it was just a a circus, and continues to be. But And he always refers to himself, like, in the third person, which I think is interesting. You know, he's just like, AB just wants to play. AB just wants to make money and win Super Bowls. And then he's just like, nah, I'm going to quit during the middle of a Jets game on the Buccaneers. Like, it's not like, dude, like, you weren't on, like, you weren't on the Texans. You weren't on the The the, Jets. You weren't on the other (laughs) sideline. You weren't on the Jaguars or the Seahawks. It was just like, you're playing for a dang good team that was going to make a run. And then he's just like, you know what? I'm out of here. And so um, he's an interesting fellow, um, but one of those exes that like, wow, I, I, at the time I thought we had something here, this could be the one. And then, you know, you break up and then you kind of get, you know, get some perspective on life and you're just like, whoa, like, thank God I'm not there. You know, we won't name names. I just think we both have been there in some capacity where was like, glad I didn't stick around for that, you know? But yeah, AB, I hope you're doing well, man. I I honestly thought you were fine at football. I would, that wouldn't be one of my regrets, but you can come back as maybe a fan in in the stands at jet stadium to watch yourself. And that would be entertaining for you. So.
1: Yeah. It's truly one of a kind in the worst way possible for sure. All right. Well, we can get into, you know, some more uh, regular serious news when it comes to the Raiders stuff before we do that. I'm going to tell you guys who this episode is brought to you by. And that is, as always, DraftKings. Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions of prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now, sign up with promo code TPPN, click the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions of prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code TPPN. Build. Play. Win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries depend on type of number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. Prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Well, we had I had one more thing before we uh, kind of jump in and uh, do a quick touch on the Jaguars game. Um, I wanted to play a little game of would you stay or would you go? Um, and it has to do with two different things that kind of popped up in the news. One of them was kind of shut down relatively early, but I thought it was interesting to talk about nonetheless. And that was word around the grapevine that the raiders were potentially shopping josh jacobs so yeah I, that was a lewisism i think wasn't it word around the grapevine
0: <laughs>
1: uh yeah we're on the
0: street heard it to the grapevine you know
1: <laughs> it's all good <laughs> as shout i said out, it shout out him, by the way. as i said it and as i saw your face i was like yep that's it yeah, yeah. we don't lewisism shame around here we just no, accept not it all. yeah Um but yeah, the word came out that the Raiders were potentially going to shop Josh Jacobs. McDaniels kind of shut that down a little bit, but just wanted to get your thoughts on would you stay with Josh Jacobs on the team? Would you go and try to shop him? And then just I guess your thoughts on any validity behind it or or you know what you were had in your mind when it happened.
0: Um I
1: mean, absolutely I would stay um with Josh Jacobs.
0: And you know, really like so we declined his fifth year option. So really, we're just dealing with his salary for, for this year, right? And so we have no future future uh, financial commitments to him outside of this year, which I think is like, why would you move off of him, right? So if, if performance if, if performance drops and or, um, you know, someone steps up like as Amir White, Kenyon Drake, whatever it may be, right? To where we have enough bounds, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden's why he's still on the team. Maybe he's just special teams guy, Patriots guy, who knows. But if you get where you're looking for out of the other backs, then it's like, I would consider it. But like, I think it's way too early to show your hand. So of course, you know, Josh McDaniel is going to knock you know, He's going go to go into it and be like, we're not looking to trade him. And I think that could be hundred percent true as of today, you know? So there's really no reason to, <clears throat> to be aggressive in this, unless someone completely supersedes him as the, you know, RB one. I don't think Zamir White's ready. I think he's shown some flashes, which we'll talk about in, in the recap of the first game of preseason. That's all we're talking about here, you know? So I think it makes a ton of sense to hold on to him. And like, even the other side of it is like, because we don't have another year tied up with him, it's like, why not just pound, not sorry, this is terrible, but like run him into the dirt, you know, give him all the carries, you know, give him some preseason stuff, get, get everything you need out of him through the regular season and then see where it falls. But like, declining the option is like 90% the fact that we're not going to. And we talked about this previously, that we're going to be moving off of him at the end of the year. Now he could completely show out and be someone that we have to retain. And and then we bring him back on a, you know, a two year deal where whatever it is, right. Like the running backs are are just treated differently as far as the position itself. And also how you like to structure contracts, long-term, things like that. So I don't think we trade him. Once again, unless someone – like if we're able to get this boost from someone else or maybe the, the complement of White and Drake and or Abdullah, whatever it is, and there is a running back needy team that is able to offer a pretty high price for the rest of Josh Jacobs, then sure, I'd consider it. But at this point, it makes no sense to to really move off of him and, and kind of get, get his name out there and get a fourth round in return. That makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And and like you said, it's so early that really the only way I see him getting traded is, you know, everybody's got a price. So if they get the right price for it, hats off to them. Also, you know, if you saw a situation where, you know, someone's top running back went down in camp and someone was really hurting to reach out and try to look for something, you know, it's not quite as prevalent as you see with like quarterbacks getting flipped because someone needs something. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I thought it was interesting when it came out, but at the same time, there isn't anyone that has shown that they could give us what Josh Jacobs give us yet. That being said, if that happens, I wouldn't put it past Ziegler or McDaniel's to pull the trigger on, uh, you know, the right price or something. So, yeah, and the other thing
0: too on that is like, if if we do let let him run through the season and he leaves in free agency, we get a compensatory pick for him, and New England has historically been the ones to just ride these contracts out compared to flipping someone and then get those picks that it's like, Hey, we ran him as much as we needed to. Um, and then we let him walk and see he left. And then we get a pick for him and, you know, not to say that's going to be a higher pick, but like the, the cost. Like <clears> back <throat> end of the third round. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a third or fourth round pick. And I, and I think it, it all determines on like how many free agents you lose and what value that person was to not retaining them. But like, it's still, a mid-round pick, you know, third and fourth round pick. So, like, are you going to get better than that and not get the value of Jacobs on your team? You know, I don't know. It, it's an interesting situation, but I think it's best to just stand pat and just see how it plays out because we can trade him whenever up until, obviously, the trade deadline. But I, th- I think you just let it ride and, and go from there. But I think there's there's a lot being made, a lot, lot out of nothing. I think, if anything, you just see that they're not going to – like it might just be clear that he's not the guy that Gruden made him out to be when he drafted him or or that we've kind of held on, not held on to, but like kind of ran into the dirt at times. So we'll see how it works, but I think it makes no sense to trade him at this
1: point. Yeah, I agree. The second uh, one I wanted to touch on word coming out of Chicago bears camp, star linebacker, Roquan Smith is asked for a trade. Uh, He has said that the new management and regime uh, is not prioritizing him um, as someone they want to build around and, and value him at his level that he plays and whatnot and has requested a trade. So I ask you, would you stay with the crew that we got or would you go in regards to trying to trade for him? Um, what do you think that it might cost? And is that worth it? So just overall breakdown of where you're at with that, uh, with that possibility.
0: Yeah. Uh, definitely interested when this came out. Um, I would certainly go as far as, you know, see what, see what they're asking for um, even if they are putting him on the not trade block. Right. But if they're, if they're approving his request to be traded, which I think is another um, circumstance that needs to be determined. But I mean, I think you if you look at it, right. It's like, we have, uh, you know, Denzel Perriman coming off a career year. Prior to that, he was hurt, um, and he really had his, his best, statistically-wise and performance-wise, best year of his career career year um, last year with the Raiders. So, but then it's like, okay, well, he's on a one-year deal. That's all we have him for. And so, yeah, I'd love to keep Perriman next year, but, like, what do we really have at linebacker? And then you look around and say, okay, Divine Diablo, you know, a converted safety, you know, playing in the box. Like, I think he has a lot of upside, but he's still – what he he is, right? He still kind of was um, hurt last year, had some good games. We have a lot of um, projected um, value and and impact from him, but still nothing to be seen. And then outside of that, you have some rotational guys. So I think the linebackers still really the most talent, needy positioning group on the defensive side. If you looked at the whole team, I would probably say outside of offensive line that we could really shore up. But even then, we we might have more depth and, and talent there on the offensive line, regardless of the uncertainties of leatherwood parker being hurt or whatever it may be so so i think i think i, I would i would go as far as that sense and then you look at okay well what's if you're the bears like what's his value on the market now he's a star 100 but like the reason they can't come to a decision on money i mean i would guess the reason is because it's not a premium position right he's an off-ball linebacker now if you take the the most important positions on a football team, you talk about quarterback, you talk about tackle, you talk about corner, and you talk about the end, right? So he, it's a top seven position, you know, probably top top eight, top seven position on on your whole uh, football team. So it's not something that like, oh my gosh, we got to lock this guy in for you know, for you know, four years and like a, a crazy, you know, as far as APV wise, you know, salary and, and guaranteed money, and, and make this record breaking deal, like. I, I just don't think it's that, that type of position is value that much, even, you know, regardless of the fact that he is a great player. So I think it's interesting because then that will also dictate what the market value is for him if they did want to trade him. So could you see a team that flipped uh like, let's just take the J- Josh Jacobs situation. Could you take a team like the Raiders and say, okay, well, we'll give you Jacobs. You know, you have Montgomery who has a injury history. Um, so instantly you have an RB one to complement you know, Montgomery on an expiring deal with Jacobs. And then we'll, you know, we'll flip you a mid-round pick. Would that be enough to get the, the deal done? Sure. Like, I don't think they're going to get a first of this, you know, I don't think they're going to get like, uh, you know, two twos or an and starter. It's like, I think it's, the Raiders could easily just, you know, throw out, you know, a, either a player for depth and, and a mid-round pick or just give them, you know, hey, we'll give you a uh, a third or fourth in this round In this year's draft and a fifth next year It's like it's not going to be much But then you have to talk about Okay well it's disgruntled player That's forcing his way out of Chicago Because he wants a contract So then can we take on his contract You know requirements as far as wanting a new deal So similar to uh, Well I guess yeah similar to Devontae Adams Where we trade for him Right and then we also have to, to Re-up him and give him a new deal So well right now the Raiders have the second most Cap space um, in the NFL outside of the Cleveland Browns. So could they do it? Um, I think they could, you know, but once there's a lot of different factors, and I think you just, you definitely kick the tires on it. It's a position of need, but really, you know, the bears have to approve of his request to be traded and, and be able to to try to get the deal done. So it's interesting, but I, I, I think you take your, take your shot there um, because it's someone that really, if, if, if it all worked out and you're able to, to lock up long-term could be a huge asset for, for a defense that is, is pretty, needy for talent and has been for many years now right
1: yeah absolutely i'm right there with you You gotta at least kick the tires i think what you know the biggest thing is is okay what do you got to give up and then what do we have to pay him because that's that's the other side like you said is that he's trying to push his way out so he could get a new contract so um you know is what we have to get up worth possibly him walking in free agency because we just didn't want to give, you know, we're in the same boat we're not wanting to give him maybe what he wants to try to get out of the market. So there's a lot in there. You know, would definitely like to see that. But I, I honestly would like to see Waller get paid before we throw a bunch of money at someone else, especially a top seven position like you explained. So
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see how it goes. But um there's definitely some names out there that you know as the raiders you you have this this chance as the dust set was like we said with the draft free agency round one round two still a lot of good players out there that could really make a big impact and i think you know usually these players and teams wait for training camp to happen to see how hey how is our depth chart how is you know where the starters at? Where the holes at um, and or injuries that come up which unfortunately happens a lot during this time of year so a uh, lot to monitor but i think they're being smart by not just you know, throwing money at, at anyone and everyone and, and being aggressive and sending second round picks, future first, whatever, just for an off the ball linebacker when his value will be determined on his stance with the team. If he just stops reporting, then the Bears might be put in a situation where they just need to get him out of town, you know, and, and get whatever they can for him. So that's when
1: usually it's the opportunity to strike. Strike while the copper is hot, as they always say. <laughs> copper while the copper
0: skillet's popping. Up.
1: Yeah. Why a copper popping? All right. Well, we'll get into this last little thing uh, before we let you guys go. And that's touching on this, uh, this last preseason game. So the Raiders played the Jaguars in the Hall of Fame game. <laughs>
0: the old Jaguars. Jaguars. <laughs>
1: uh, they went out, they beat them 27 to 11. Uh, you know, preseason is preseason. We saw, for the most part, none of the starters outside of the offensive line. And josh jacobs as far as the offense is concerned uh, we saw a few people starting on the defense i believe uh trayvon morig was out there for a little while to start out i don't know if he played all game or whatnot Abr- abram's played a little bit yeah and uh so they went out there they got the w i know they it came out that um mcdaniels and uh doug peterson kind of uh talked before time and and just agreed that am gonna keep things pretty basic and whatnot and then McDaniel was out there just running the score up on him i think it was like 20 to 3 going into halftime or something like that it's fantastic but your thoughts overall anything specific you want to touch on or whatnot but just from our first uh our first chance of seeing the raiders on the field with playing against a different colored jersey
0: yeah i think it was you know all in all a good show and for the raiders it's preseason like you said but i think what i look at it, it when I'm watching these things, it's like, Hey, you don't have all your guys out there. Um, you have guys that are fighting for a spot. And we even had some guys that we needed to test, like you said, on the offensive line and Josh Jacobs, Abrams, morrig Right. And so I look at it where it's like, Hey, like, how are they number one? How are they looking in general, as far as those individual players that, that do end up getting some playing time, but also how, how is the team executing, you know, all, you know, on, on both sides. So it's like, that is a testament, you know, when you have a new regime on the offense and defense, it's like, is, is the coaching getting through? Like, is, is there, is this coaching something that, you know, from the starters all the way through the backups that they're being able to soak in and, and be able to understand. And so anyways, I, I, I was actually, I was very pleasantly not surprised, but I, I was happy with, with the fact that the offense, you could tell that they installed a lot more than the Jaguars did um, as far as, you know, different formations, different plays, you know, the execution was definitely there. Um, and you could tell that these guys are, are picking it up and compete at a high level. Um, you saw Yes, we saw Josh Jacobs for five carries for 30 yards. You saw Zemir White get out there. I believe he had the most touches with 11. Um, but even, you know, Amir Abdullah played, uh, showed out. And then there was another guy that I didn't know we had. Um, it was Austin Walter um, who got the end zone. And he was playing hard. So there's a lot of competition, you know, on the offensive side. Obviously, the O-line's competing as well. But I think that they, from a fundamental standpoint, from like a um, executing the McDaniel system, even the way that we ran screens looked different, you know, <laughs> it just looked like smoother and cleaner. And, and, and on the defensive side, I think that there was, you know, definitely played well, you know, forced, force two fumbles, I believe. Um, so defense getting after it. And I, you know, you could just tell that, and this is such a dumb thing to, to, to notice, but I, I'm dumb and my brain works in a weird way, but like it was in the third quarter, like late third quarter, which no one's playing, you know. People are playing, but like no one's playing. And there was, it's like a third in. It's called twelve. And so we have this. I think he was like an outside backer. He was manned up on the tight end. So the tight end runs this seam route up the seams, and he's running the the, the linebackers. are linebackers running with this tight end, you know, up the field. But he has like he has a tight end in his field, right? So next to his hip, right? So he's running down, but he has his eyes back to the quarterback too. And so they kind of ran the two inside guys off. I don't know what the outside guys did, but they end up just, okay, it's not there because we had over the top coverage. It was third and long. And so they end up checking it down to this running back, which they cleared out, you know, and so they could easily pick up 12 yards um, just based off where the routes are going, this, that, and the other. But we have our guys that are like, they're actually playing football, (laughs) which is exciting. And so he's like, I'm running with this tight end. I'm underneath him. We're bracketing him. I got a safety over the top. My eyes are back at the quarterback. So this guy's running 15 yards down the field, sees him dump it off, stops, works back to the ball, stops him for a six-yard game. So in the books, it was like a six-yard game. It's like, why do you even care about that? But it's like you can notice that these guys are actually playing, like they're being taught the right way. And we have, you know, we're able to put ourselves in a spot where we are late third quarter in the first preseason game, right? But it's like we they, they're actually being – they're using their instincts. They're using their football IQ. we have on to run with this tight end. I'm going to stop to come up and he works himself off a block, makes tackle. And, and it's like the, those little things like matter so much because it's, it's just being able to understand down and distance and understand what your responsibility is. Okay. I don't have to turn and freaking run as fast as I can, you know, with this tight end, I have someone over the top with me, so I'll be underneath him. I'll see this drop off. And then what could have been a first down you know, it turns into a fourth and six and they have to punt, you know, it's a, it's a little thing, but like, I think those, those things are what's going to go, a long ways with this team being disciplined, being able to understand the scheme and being able to play situational football and execute on both sides. So I I was happy in that sense. Um, I didn't mean to talk about a fifth string linebacker, but shout out him, by the way, Um, I don't even know his name, but I just thought it was like, all. no, it's it's, it's what you're looking for. The last thing I will say is Jarrett Stidham is, I think, a really solid backup for us. I don't want Carr to go down, but the risk in letting Mariota walk um, and free agency was like, man, he was, like, such a solid number two. Carr has missed a game or two here and there just being banged up or missed a series or two. Still runs the offense well. He'll be more than capable of coming in if anything happens, um, and I'm happy with that. So, yeah, that's my takeaway. And Zemir White's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I th- I felt really good just watching it. I felt uh, just, just watching everything execute and watching them, you know, run the plays that they were. I You know, I just – Felt good, felt like they were just driving down the field kind of, you know, at will for the most part. Once again, you're talking first preseason game and whatnot, but I think 50% of the offensive plays they ran were screens. If I <laughs> like, they ran so many screens, it was unbelievable. And they executed, you know, a good amount of them. But um, I saw somewhere someone was talking about how um, screenplay is one of the more complex plays in football. And it's also a very good way to gauge on how cohesive your team is being and how you know how well they're doing with all the timing of it because it's all timing everybody's got to do their specific job and then be able to at the same time as far as like the line break off and then lead block and do all this thing so I thought that was an interesting little nugget hearing that and then just being like oh yeah we did run like a thousand screens that game so maybe he was (laughs) Daniels was just trying to get a gauge on how well they've been learning and training camp and everything but yeah, I don't know. It was great. It was great to see um, some pretty good functioning football. I don't even know how many penalties we had, if we had any. I mean, I'm sure we had some, but I just, I also, that was also another thing where I was like, I'm not seeing people jump off sides. I'm not seeing people, you know, false start. A whole lot of this, like, you know, the whole, like, it's preseason. They're getting the bugs out, you know, and it's it's preseason for the refs, too. Didn't happen to see any, uh, any of that kind of stuff going on. Six penalties
0: months. for 46 yards. So. Yeah. I'll okay. we'll take that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then we're used to 16 penalties for 1,600 yards. <laughs> <It's like> 1,600 <laughs> yards.
0: <laughs> every play, every penalty is a 100 yard penalty. Yeah, because it's, it's pass
1: interference in the end zone. <laughs> and they're from the, the one, other one and they're yard they're line. Only yeah. <laughs> line. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. That I didn't killed this last year. Yeah. Absolutely a... killed this. 16
0: times a game, man. Yeah. So, you can't bend, don't break with that.
1: Yeah. That's really all I had about it. I didn't have much to it, but I just I thought it was good. It was nice seeing some Raider football going on and and I felt I uh, felt like they, you know, executed pretty well, were driving pretty, pretty easily on offense. And yeah, felt good about it. Yep.
0: Um so we've got the Vikings coming up week two of the preseason. That will be um Sunday at 125, I believe. NFL network for anyone that has that tune in um, for the Raiders week two, which we'll be certainly watching and recapping uh, next week as well.
1: Yeah. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple, iTunes. Go check out RaiderTakePodcast.com. Check out the merch we got going. Uh, Check out our YouTube, Podcast, and uh, check out the videos we got going on. We hope you guys have a good week, and we'll see you all next week.
0: Raider Nation, love you guys. Peace!